Hey, gorgeous lady, how you doing? Hello, darling. I'm fucking fantastic. How the fuck are you? I'm so much better now that I get to see your stunning face and this fucking lipstick that's giving me all of the life. Stop. She's acting like I'm the one rocking the <laughs> ultimate lipstick right now. You look fucking stunning. Thank you. Curly hair, bright red lips, flawless. Thank you. I did not wake up like this. Uh, I mean, you know. same. <laughs> same. Thank God for concealer because otherwise, whew, that was going to be rough. Girl. It's funny because Amy and I both commented, because I'm, I'm quite pale for a person of the Cuban persuasion. And uh, Amy was like, oh, you know, I'm probably going to be so pale. And then she sees me. It's like, no. No. <laughs> JK. I was going to say, if this is your ghost outfit, though, like, I would be here for it. I would sign up Oh, for my that. God. Yeah. Same. And yeah. it's a maxi because I didn't feel like putting on pants. I have pants on and I regret them. So that was smart. Yeah. I, I feel you. How you doing? What's up? I'm amazing. Are you caught up on Night Country, first and foremost? <gasps> yes. I literally didn't watch it. Sunday night because I worked a billion hours on like three and a half hours of sleep and I tried to watch it. My brain was like, no, no, go to bed. But I watched it. I specifically watched it last night so that we could talk about it. You know, sp spoiler free here. <sighs> it's so fucking good. It's so good. And I found out that the creator is like drinking massive amounts of hatred about it. Why? Oh, I literally Nick, whatever the fuck. Yes. His name has P's and L's and C's and I's. That's all I know. <laughs> Too many letters. My brain tapped What out. order they're in? No clue. Yeah. He has like boatloads of hate raid that apparently on his like Instagram or Twitter bio, sorry, X, whatever the fuck, his bio was True Detective seasons one through three, all caps, not Night Country. Okay. Wait, is that just because he didn't write? night country this is like the only one he hasn't written where he wrote the other three and that's the reason why or does he actually not like it no he actually like has said that he thinks the connection like adding mcconaughey's dad russ's dad in it is stupid if you are going to disown any of the seasons it's very obviously season two yeah okay noted i don't like that no it seems like he's just upset because Women are running this motherfucker and they're crushing it. Doing such a good job. The orange. <sighs> Not a spoiler, but if you know, you know. I couldn't for a single second. In this episode and last episode. Yes. No. And then no. the article that I sent you. Yes. Where they go into it. Because I love you. Because you send me articles about like all the Easter eggs and everything. <laughs> it was deeply fascinating. I yes. did not realize a lot of it. Same. I also totally forgot to call out the fact that there's a Billie Eilish song as the fucking intro song, which ah, I love her and I love that song and I'm so fucking happy about it. Same. Night Country's so good and I think there's only two more episodes left. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, but this is not going to be helpful to anyone listening to this because this will have happened already. But for you, Amy... Because they don't want to compete with the Super Bowl, it is going to stream on Friday early. Okay. Yay. Which is very exciting. So we can get our night country in early. I don't care about the Super Bowl at all, but I'm like weirdly really excited that this is what we're getting out of it. No complaints. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
I watched American Nightmare. What the fuck? What do you think? It was horrific in every possible way. Infuriating. It's literally infuriating. Again, who is the one doing the heavy lifting and getting shit done? Fucking woman. Let the women do the work. Yep. She was so good. And she's so like that cop. She, I don't remember her name, but she like gave such a shit when it was just easier to not. Yes. And that's just what it should be. Literally. Controversial opinion. She saw a blonde hair and would not let it go. I mean, no lie. When I saw that and I saw her not letting it go, I was like, uh, are we one of the same? Because I don't get let bullshit go in anything in one of my stories. And I fall down a fucking rabbit hole. Granted, it's never helped anyone or solved a case or exonerated <laughs> anyone. It's just for my own personal, <laughs> you know, satisfaction. I need to know. Yes. Yeah. I need to fucking know. I get it. She was amazing. And it's just such a well-done documentary. It's so, so good. It was so good. And then to have like multiple people tell this FBI agent, Gone Girl's a movie. Like that's not real life. Like, do you not understand that? Yeah. Did you know anything going into this about the case prior to this? I knew that there was a woman who was accused of kidnapping herself and it was referred to as the Gone Girl case and she didn't. Okay. And that it was a real kidnapping, but people treated her like she had kidnapped herself. I didn't know the extent. I didn't know that also her boyfriend, you know, all the shit that happened to him. I didn't know any of that. I just knew the like baseline facts of it. Okay. I didn't know anything about it. So it was even more shocking to me them reading the affidavit at the end and like finding out how fucked up the investigation was horrific just infuriating the fact that the lead fbi agent on the case was dated the chick his His ex-girlfriend and they were like it's fine who was the intended target of the kidnapping spoiler and they're like that's not a conflict of interest i'm like i'm sorry that is literally the fucking definition of a conflict of interest yeah very obviously infuriating the whole thing was infuriating yeah i watched that and then i soothed myself with night country light (laughs) i mean that's the best balm for the soul i love it girl it's so good it's so good and we're getting into like legit ghosty action yep it's no longer like well maybe maybe we're no now we're like we're in this shit girl we're in this for real real not for play play yeah fuck yeah Except now I'm just like, oh, something's going to trip out and scare me. I don't like it. I love it. I love everything about it. I don't ever want it to end. It's so well done. I also watched another new show, which was Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon. And? I really enjoyed it. Fun. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I enjoy Donald Glover. Same. I was a really big fan of Atlanta. I'm not caught up in Atlanta, but I really liked Atlanta. I saw the first two seasons, yeah. It has like that vibe to it. Mm. So yeah, I thought that was really well done. I will warn you right now, if you don't like an ambiguous ending, i.e. kind of a cliffhanger. Not for you. Because that is 100% what it is. I happen to enjoy that personally. But if you need to find out what happens, then not for you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fine with it as long as it's not real life. Yeah. Like unsolved cases are deeply upsetting to me, which is why I don't really do them. Literally. The entire time I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries, I'm like, Amy, 
It's the name of the fucking show. You're not going to get a resolution. <laughs> Prepare yourself. You know what this is. There was a show on Broadway recently called Shucked, which was a musical about corn. Yes. You told me about this. Yes. It was amazing. It had no business being as good or as funny as it was. Those are the best kind of shows. Absolutely. And it was very punny. And it was like smartly punny. Love that. And one of the jokes was, aren't unsolved mysteries just mysteries? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't really argue with that. Yeah. A little redundant. But also, I'm not going to argue with Daddy Stack. He says they're no. unsolved mysteries. That's what the fuck they are. We'll call them whatever he calls them. I mean, facts. Yes. Um, those were the only two things I watched. Uh, it will, it'll be like maybe like two episodes, two or three episodes ago by the time of this recording. Last podcast did an episode on haunted dolls, <gasps> uh, which was great. My nightmare. Love it. Yes, absolutely. And the first one they did was Robert the Doll, which is in Key West, which I have seen and been in the presence of. And they did a really excellent job, as they always do, with like lots of like detail and backstory, a lot of which I didn't know. But the craziest thing is like while they're talking about this doll and how this fucking doll fucks with you and like the whole bit, one of the host's mics cuts out and they have to stop the show and like start it up again. Weird. And it's like kind of never happened that you like are listening and it goes, it goes, Robert is not one to be fucked with. No, it's a long distance curse. It is. That's the whole gig. Yeah. That's why he gets all these letters being like, I'm sorry that I fucked with you, Robert. Don't fuck with Robert. Yeah. Respect Robert the doll. <laughs> Official stance of this podcast. Yes. I'm still waiting for the Kushtika to come get me after last week's episode. So thank you uh, to everyone for the otter pictures. Those are very cute, but do not be deceived. Don't trust an otter. <laughs> fuck your life up. They will fuck your life up. Also, I want to say thank you to everyone who answered the poll. Do you put your pajama pants behind your pillow? Much closer than I anticipated. A little alarming. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Me neither. I will say, though, the results are a little bit skewed because my boyfriend voted twice. Oh. Once on his personal Instagram and the second time on his theater company's Instagram. And I'm like, you just want to look less insane. Don't rig these results. This is cheating. This is propaganda. It is cheating. I don't abide. No. Fair elections only. Um, but even that being said, if we took away that vote, it's still pretty fucking close. It's 42% to 58%. Okay. Maybe we need to just give this a shot. See how it goes. Maybe there's something to this. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with that. But everyone can live their truth. I just wanted, I just wanted to find out <laughs> what the fuck was going on. And apparently it's more common than I thought but not as common as my honey would make me believe. Fair. I think that's a fair conclusion. Yeah. Also, shout out to Mel O, our listener. Hey, Queen, what's up? In response to your incredible man-eating tiger mauling story, she wrote us that killer whales, elephants, and chimpanzees have shown numerous times that they can remember quote-unquote wrongs and have actively fought against those who committed them or even people that resemble the wrongdoers, like the orcas that have destroyed certain boats or the elephant that killed a woman and then raided her funeral to fuck her up again. Damn. Don't fuck with the elephant. Don't fuck with the animals, period. Yeah, that's a safe bet. They've been around longer than us. 
this is their home. We're the intruders. 10,000%. Thank you, Mello. I love that. I mean, same. I'm not really mad about animal revenge in this capacity here. Me neither. No. We took their space. We fucked it up. Yeah, we deserve it. The minimum we can do is cohabitate. That's literally the bare minimum. Yes. Anything else? No. That's my big excitement for the week. Night Country and one new show. I mean, I love that. Night Country is always exciting. Every week. I'm obsessed. Oh, my God. This could very easily just turn into a podcast about Night Country, and I, I wouldn't be mad about that. I mean, you know, same. Because that's... <laughs> Because we mentioned that Amy and I don't really talk in between the episodes because we're doing all the other things, except now we've uh, added texting each other articles about my country. To be fair, Monique texted me the article. I have not been on my article reciprocation, but I'm going to get on it. That's okay. I just need someone to be in it with me. Oh, I'm in it. I'm in deep. Yeah, girl. I know. You pulled me in and I was like, yes, say no more. It's so good. It's so good. Fuck. But sadly, uh, that's not what we're we're here to talk about. Instead, we have horrifying (laughs) stories from our listeners. That's right. It's true listener tales o'clock, baby. Yay. I love it. It's our favorite episode every six weeks. Absolutely. I'm going to go first. Oh. Ladies first. I love it. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) She's a bombshell right now, and I will hear nothing less. I mean, taste one, no one, baby. Cheers. I love it. Cheers with our gin lemonades. hey So this is another story from Lee, who submitted last True Listener Tales about crying the tears of blood when his mother passed away. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so excited. Girl. My mother was very, very close to her mother's first husband a guy named Samuel Beebe, and they were super close. He would take my mother, when she was a little girl, to the same movie over and over again. He would do anything for my mother. And so, as time went by, he became old and passed away. And my mother and I were living with my stepfather in Denver, Colorado. I was a little boy, and my mother told the story that that night, My mother and stepfather heard a beeping noise coming from somewhere in the bedroom. And of course, they were baffled. What is this noise? And so my stepfather went to investigate and walked into the walk-in closet where the beeping became louder. And on the shelf was a shoebox that had a travel arm in it that they hadn't used in years. The battery should have been dead long ago. And that little clock was beeping and flashing a time on it. And it turns out that time that was flashing was the exact time of Vovo B's death. Lee. No. Girl. (gasps) The chills. Girl. I can't. How? I know. So part of why I wanted to start with this story is because last week, A good friend of mine and of the podcasts, Steve, passed away. And he was the guy who, in the last True Listener Tales episode, was the one who was the head bartender and manager of the Hells Angels bar. So I was supposed to see him around the time that I get a text message from him, but it's his niece telling me that he's kind of very suddenly in hospice and is living out his final 
days there and that she knew that he would have wanted me to know that this is what was happening. So, you know, I call her up and we cry about it and, you know, I find out everything that's happening, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I go home and I watch TV and I'm the type that I, I like, like we were talking about before watching the like comfort food of TV that you just watch. So I'm like watching like Arrested Development because that's the one that it's like, I have it memorized forwards and backwards. I don't really have to pay attention to it, but it's still wonderful and like soothes my soul, especially when I'm upset or overwhelmed. So I watch it till about like 1.45 in the morning and then I go to bed and then I wake up the next morning and I get a text message from his niece that Steve passed away. But then I also see this notification on my phone that says emergency SOS, iPhone initiated emergency SOS at 3.12 a.m. because the side button was rapidly pressed five times. Except the thing is, I was asleep like an hour and a half before that. And I have my phone not in my bed. I live by myself. No. So I have not asked what time Steve has passed away. Because initially I was like, this is weird. Yeah. And I didn't think of it. And then it was like midday that I was like, wait a minute. Because I've, I've never gotten that notification ever. And to like no. press a side button five times is very significant. Yeah. And even if I could like possibly touch a thing, like I wouldn't do it five times. Like what? So I don't know. I don't know if Steve was trying to be like, hey, girl, what's up? Giving you the the last goodbye here. A last, a last little goodbye. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this uh, so Lee's story reminded me a lot of my little bit spooky experience last week. A little bit spooky, but a little sweet, actually. Yeah. Despite, that was very bittersweet, obviously, because very sad that Steve passed, but he gave you one last little farewell. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if he's like, I thought it was funny to call the cops on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Knowing him. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. That's my kind of sense of humor. Big ups to Steve. To Steve. To Steve. I hope he's happy and and drinking frozen Aperol spritzes wherever he is and having a grand old time. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But that is very bizarre. It is very bizarre. I sleep with my phone in my bed with me and I have an alarm that is specifically a silent alarm. So it doesn't make a noise. It just vibrates my phone. And that's like my Mm -hmm. gentle wake up and like, hey, your actual alarm is going to go off in 15 minutes. Sure. I snooze that thing all the time. And I just like constantly just blindly am pushing the buttons on my phone. And I've never gotten that message. Yeah. And I, I listen to different like sleep subliminal manifestation things <laughs> because that's what the fuck I am. Love you. And like sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll be like, okay, enough. I'm tired of the, the rain, you know, or whatever the fuck. And just never, this has never happened to me. And it just, it happened to coincide with the same morning that Steve passed away. I would not be surprised if that was the exact time. I wouldn't either. Weirder things have happened, honestly. Oh, facts. Yeah. But I haven't asked because I feel like his niece will think I'm insane. (laughs) Yeah. That's also like a weird thing to just ask someone who's grieving. It's like, by the way. Yeah. Like, what was the exact time? Can I get the report on that? Thank you. Yeah. I had a thing happen a year ago where I woke up very suddenly thinking about someone who had passed away like a decade earlier. And it was a thing like it was like nagging me 
I don't know. Like I just couldn't not think of them and I couldn't go to sleep. And then I didn't ask her parents, but I asked my, it was like mid January that this happened last year and they're good friends of my family. And I asked my dad just like casually, like, when did she pass away by the way? He's like, Oh, it was in January, like 10 years ago. And I was like, okay. Eerie. Very eerie. Yeah. Also possibly a little night country-esque. Yeah. Because it seems like people are just like hanging out, being like, still here. Yo, you can see me. (laughs) Solve my murder, please. Thank you. Please. Oh, I'm not solving shit. Please. If anyone (laughs) dies, please, I will not solve anything. I'll talk about it and be like, what the fuck? I'm not solving anything. Please don't put that on me. I have enough anxiety as it is. (laughs) And enough on your plate. I feel that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, thank you, Lee. And um, possibly thank you, Steve. Yes. For that little what's up on the way out. All right. On to our next story. On to the next. I used to work in a skilled nursing facility. I was usually assigned to the Alzheimer's ward. One night, I'm in the linen room stocking my cart, and I heard someone shuffle up behind me. Then I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned around, and there was no one else in the room. The Mm -mm. door was still shut, too. No, thank you. Hard pass. I'm out. No. Here's my two weeks notice. Thank you so much. That's nice to even give two weeks. I'm like, I'm just not coming back tomorrow. (laughs) Just blocking out the door. Thank you. It sucks to be you. Going out for cigarettes, never coming back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another lady started to complain that a man was coming into her room at night. Again, Alzheimer's, so I didn't think much of it. So to reassure her, I told her I'd check on her throughout the night. She complained of this man every night for two more weeks when I asked her to describe him to me. He's real handsome and wears a black suit. Oh, he's right behind you now, honey. No, thank you. No, no, no. I'm done. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, I'm out. I'm out. Goodbye. That freaked me the fuck out. Of course, there was no one behind me. She died the next night in her sleep. And that was from Anonymous. Oh, my God. All the chills. Anonymous. What the fuck? Ugh. (sighs) Like, working in a hospital? How many fucking people have died there? Yeah. That's, like, 50% of the reason you go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The hurricane right before Katrina in Miami was Wilma. It was, like, three weeks before Katrina. And it, like completely fucked up Miami. It was one of those that they're like, oh my God, if we don't like tell you what's a thing, you wouldn't even fucking know. And they're like, JK, sorry, whoops. So it like completely fucked up. Um, my parents live on the water and they they had to like gut reno the house because it was like completely Damn. fucked. There's literal like video of like the water from the bay going over the second story of my parents' house. Holy fuck. It's fucked up. Like the from the light fixtures, like it looks like someone has a hose like running through the light fixtures. It's fucking crazy. So for like 18 months, 14 months, something like that, my parents moved into this like fancy condo while they were getting the house renovated so they could, that was close enough, you know, so they could be there all the time, whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. Well, the fucking, uh, the condo was on the grounds of a former hospital. No. That like growing up, it had been like St. Vincent's Hospital. No, no, no. And then they like tore down and then saw this like condo situation. And I was living in New York at the time, but I would visit, I was in school, but I would visit often. And it would just be things like doors are opening by themselves. They're closing by themselves. There's like creepy vibes. And I would be like, hey, like how many people fucking died on this property? 
and my family would just be like, it's the AC. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. That's not how that works. But okay. You're like, sure. Whatever you need to tell yourself. Yeah, man. I can't imagine the shit that happens in a fucking, in a hospital or something, or like hospice or something. My God, I can't fucking imagine. Yeah. One of the campus apartments that I lived in while I was in college was an old nursing home. Nothing weird or spooky ever happened to me when I lived there, but I never, never could forget that. And every time they had the, the creepy, long, like hallway out of the mm-mm. shining or yes. something. Yes. And every time I had to walk down it, I was just like, I don't, I just, this feels so weird and wrong and I don't like this. I think it's because there was something, something there, if that's what you're feeling. Probably. But again, yeah, I always had that in the back of my mind. It's like, this used to be a nursing home and like people die in nursing homes. Yeah. Like that's kind of why they're there because yep. they're on the way out. Yep. Oh my God. Okay. <sighs> on to the next. On to the next. I love it. I was pulling overnight guard in the United Nations Command HQ in Yongsan in Korea. About three or four years prior, one of our NCOs, non-commissioned officers, had come up to the guard, asked for his weapon, and taken it to the gazebo out back and shot himself in the dome. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Just right out the gate. So anyways, the building has automatic front door and cameras watching the outside of the door. My friend and I see a dark, shadowy figure coming up the ramp to the door at about 2 a.m. And we're like, probably the special ops group. Fuck. So I step out of the guard post to brief him, and my buddy stays inside watching the camera. The automatic doors open, both the inside and outside ones, and there's nobody there. No. No, no, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. burn it down. Mm -mm. Where's my lighter? And here's the thing, like you're already super on guard. I would imagine not that I fucking have any personal experience. You know, if you're in the military service, you're already on guard. And then to have this kind of shit happening. No, thank you. So in my mind, I'm thinking, great, the SOG is trying to mess with us. So I pop outside the building and look around a bit, but there's nobody there. So I went back inside and asked my friend where the dude went. And he gave me a stupid look and told me that he watched him enter the building. No. Girl. The wave of chills that just went over my body. No. Mm -mm. We discussed what happened and came to the conclusion that it was the ghost of that NCO doing some phantom SOG rounds. And I refused to pull night shifts in that building ever again. Anonymous. Anonymous. I don't fucking blame you. Also. No. This dude's still on the clock even after death? No. Girl. Hard clock out if I'm dead. Sorry. So there has been this meme going around that I posted today. It's from The Sixth Sense and it's a picture of Bruce Willis. It's like, imagine finding out that you've been dead this entire time and you're still clocking into work every fucking day. No. I'd be like, oh, so I'm in hell. Like, this is purgatory. Literal fucking nightmare. Yeah. This is even worse than a bad ghost outfit. Like, I'm not here for that. Were you the one who was telling me about the British series? I think it's called Ghosts. No. Someone was telling me about this, that it's a British series. And it's like someone who can see ghosts. And they all have their ghost outfits. So like some of them are like pantsless or like naked because they were in the shower when they died. (laughs) 
This sounds hysterical, though. I feel like I've seen previous. It's a comedy, it. yes. Um, I would be mortified if my ghost outfit was me being naked because I'm not in peak uh, physical form. I think so. No, I don't want anyone to see this. No, unless someone who has like a deep emotional attachment to me is like, you know, I can deal with your fupa because I love you. You know, like <laughs> stop. <laughs> But also, I'm with you. No, I don't want to be naked as my ghost outfit. No. I mean, that would be a guarantee of me not haunting anyone ever. I would just be like, I'm good. I'll literally just be like in a closet or I'd be, I would hide so hard and be like, oh, yeah, I'll just go out when it's late and get like a fucking, <laughs> everyone's like asleep. a banana bread or know. some shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how the ghost rules work. Girl, my God. Thank you so much for that anonymous. That's very, very upsetting. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. All right. I live in Houma, Louisiana. We're about 50 miles southwest of New Orleans. From 1995 to 2006, Ronald Dominique raped and murdered 23 men. Holy fuck. That's a fucking lot. I'm going to speculate wildly here. That was probably men of color, and that's why we don't know about this. Because what the fuck? Why doesn't everyone know about this? I've never heard about this. Yeah. No, me neither. He targeted gay bars and homeless areas. Supposedly, he didn't force men into his van, but would get them to agree to have sex in exchange for money, either with him or in some cases with a woman that he had a picture of. I was in high school toward the end of his spree and casually knew one of the victims. Oh. A mentally ill homeless guy that would walk around downtown Halma and often went to the coffee shop I hung out at and get water. And that's Ryan. Ryan, fuck. That would fuck me up. For sure. How could it not? What the fuck? Why have I not heard of this case before? Same. There's so many. Th like, I remember when Atlanta Monster, the podcast came out about the Atlanta child murders. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I know nothing about this. What the fuck? And it was like, well, you know, like Atlanta's like not super proud about this. So they've kind of buried it. But that that was the reason why when we were kids, on the news, they'd say, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Yes. It was because of that fucking case. And you're like, what the fuck? I remember you telling me this. Insane. Yeah. Well, because like my visceral image of that was watching The Simpsons. Yes. And Homer watching the news on The Simpsons and then them saying that. And he's like, I told you last night. I don't know, which is hilarious. But the thing is, is that people didn't know and their kids were fucking murdered and you're like oh why is everyone the fucking worst i don't know everything is terrible yeah thank you so much for that ryan oh my god yes thank you that was horrifying and traumatic yes i can't imagine my god i used to work in a personal care home a couple of times a day or so after a resident had passed their call bell would go off in their room no one was in the room when the call bell went off on any of the occasions. We had one resident die pretty traumatically. Nurses had to perform CPR because he was a full code. That night, the midnight staff said they saw him at the end of the hall just walking down like he always did. Then, the alarm on the door to the outside, it was the secured unit for Alzheimer's dementia, went off. It was the door he always tried when he was looking to get out. Sam. Sam. What the fuck? 
oh no again like my heart goes out to people who work in the medical field especially with alzheimer's and dementia patients that is such a hard job i cannot even comprehend i had a friend of mine who worked in hospice care for like a very long time and i literally can't imagine just doing that fuck the ghost situation yeah no like and she worked during 2020 also she was still doing that oh shit. and she's like oh the doctors wouldn't go in the room because covid so she's like i was in the fucking room facetiming their family members being like say goodbye to your family member via facetime and then the doctors would like literally through like a little slot in the door being like uh i don't know they have covid whatever and she's like yeah fuck these people um, I have no idea. I actually should ask her if she has any crazy stories, but just I can't imagine working in hospice. And from what I hear, the people who do, from the people who've had loved ones who've been in hospice are just like not of this world. They're just yeah. angels on earth. Yeah. I can't actually imagine doing it. And then you have this shit on top of it. I'll be like, oh my God. Terrifying. Talk about a job I'm grossly not qualified for. I'd be like, no, I'm good. Thank you. No. Same. <laughs> but thank you to everyone out there who does it on a regular basis. Oh my God. Yes, for sure. Uh, thank you so much, Sam, for that story. My God. Yes. Thank you, Sam. That was fucking crazy. I often regret sharing the story, but it does come back to haunt you, so to speak. I am semi-retired now and I no longer care, which I love it. Yes. Berg, go off. Love it. 25 years ago, I went to a conference in the North Georgia mountains. We stayed in an old farmhouse converted into an inn. We overbooked the place, so I agreed to sleep on a cot rolled onto the second-story veranda. No one drank that night, I know for certain, because we asked. The front desk told us no liquor stores around for 50 miles. Oof. I know, right? Which, I mean, that's the scary part of the story. <laughs> Right? I used to live in a dry county, so I... No shit! Yeah. We had to, like, drive to another county. In Florida? Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up, my family and I would go to church, and then we'd go and have, like, lunch or brunch or whatever afterwards. And I remember that, I think it was, like, before noon or something, you couldn't have even, like, a beer. Yeah. So we'd be, like, at, the, like, the pizza place, and it'd be like, well, we gotta wait, like, another 15 minutes before I can order a beer. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, because of Jesus. And I'm like, homeboy <laughs> turned water into wine. Like, I think he's down. That's literally his first miracle. Just saying. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He was into it. Five of us played Trivial Pursuit and went to bed. Twice that night, I dreamed an infuriated little girl in a white gown stood at the foot of the cot, rattling the frame. No, no thank you. No. No. Monique, I do not abide a ghost child. I just, I do not want this. <laughs> The first time it happened, I shot up in bed thinking, what a weird dream, but I managed to fall asleep again. The second time, it spooked me. I have never dreamed the same dream twice. This time, I slept through the next morning. Two colleagues slept in the rooms adjacent to the veranda. The next morning, I wandered downstairs to breakfast and discovered them sitting together at the table, staring at me bewildered and concerned. Both had awakened to the sound of my bed rattling violently. One reported he thought I was having seizures, which has never happened in my life. According to him, he came into my room, found me awake, staring up at the ceiling. Oh my God. That's horrifying. For everyone involved. No. <sighs> Apparently he asked, 
are you okay? He said, I replied, fine, but I do not remember. I started to tell them about my weird dreams. The proprietor at the inn overheard our conversation, sidled up to our table and asked, oh, so you saw her? No, I can't. No. I'd be like, you didn't warn me? Where was the heads up? Literal facts. I mean, where's that in the fucking intro of like, this is your Wi-Fi password. There's a continental breakfast that ends at 11 a.m. Your checkout is this time. Oh, and you might have a fucking ghost child. Like, hello, that needs to be the fucking welcome sheet. Yeah. You feel your bed rattling. It's just a little ghost girl. Don't worry about it. No. All that's a shant from me. Correct. To make a long story short, my dreams comported with the experiences of many before me. He summoned a waitress over to our table who had seen her. She asked, what time did it happen? I had no idea, but one of my colleagues recalled looking at his alarm clock and claimed it was three in the morning. She went ashen and stammered, that's when I saw her. The experience so spooked me, I returned to my apartment in Atlanta and slept with the lights on for three nights, praying to never see a ghost again. I used to wonder, was she trying to warn me about something? Over time, I have come to believe she was pissed that we rearranged the furniture. I mean, you hear that shit. Okay, that was from Robert. I'm sorry that a little ghost girl (laughs) fucked with your sleep, Robert, because sleep is sacred. 10,000%. But I love your reasoning for it. She was just like, um, yeah, the cot doesn't go on the veranda. I don't know who told you it did, but put it back. Well, it seems like the activity's just been a thing because they're all like, yeah, haven't you seen her? This is Mary. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. But you hear about it a lot when there's like construction or like moving shit that they're like, that's not how this looks and that's not where that goes. So yeah. Um, Let me talk to the designer. Those weren't in my specifications. Thanks. That's me? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you, Robert. No, That was terrifying. I would still be sleeping with the lights on. I'd never stop. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't want to be awoken from my sleep kind of ever. No, for nothing. No, definitely not this way. No. Mm -mm. Although that would be a guaranteed way to wake me up. So if anyone wants to invent like the ghost girl alarm clock, like sold. (laughs) I will be out of that in a fucking heartbeat. No coffee needed. See, but then the third time it happens, you'll be like, shut the fuck up. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fuck you. I'd be like, you (laughs) stupid ghost bitch. I hate you. Where's the spirit snooze button? I'm out. I am obsessed. I can't. My daughter moved into a side street Victorian house. It had four renters. Hers was the top floor. Anyhow, my grandson would wake up every day scared to death. When we questioned him, he'd say, there's an old man under the bed. He really scares me. Girl, I can't. No. Why under the bed? Why is he chilling under the bed? Girl, I don't know. Did you ever see the movie Little Monsters? That sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't recall anything about it. Either you didn't or you like blocked out the trauma. Probably the latter. Because it was one of those movies that it was like, it was the 80s, so this is cute, but it's like wildly traumatizing. And it was the Savage Brothers, Fred and Ben, and there's monsters under the bed And then they kidnap one of them and they take them to their monster world. And I'm like, this is, I think it might've been like a Jim Henson joint. It was so horrifying. That makes sense. And I'm pretty sure I went to the movies to see this. And I'm like, this is not cute. This is like literally your nightmare in a movie as a child. 
where's my coupon for therapy afterwards? Like, no. Better like actually. Yeah. No. Jim Henson's very dark. Yeah. They should have literally just handed out those coupons like as we left. It's like, <laughs> okay, this is where you throw out your popcorn and your soda. Here's a coupon for therapy. Yeah. Why were the 80s the 80s? They're so fucking wild. And they're like, ah, oh, the kids, they don't give a fuck. This is fine. This is why we're all traumatized and anxious to this day. And they wonder. They wonder why. The fucking realness, though. <laughs> like, actually. Yes. And it was, like, on HBO. Like, I I can't. Okay. All of this just makes me make a little bit more sense to myself. And I'm like, why am I this way? It's because of shit like this. Yes. So this woman's grandson sees a fucking old man under the bed. And this is horrifying. And it scares him. Justifiably so. He said, Grandpa tried to pull him under the bed. No. Mm-mm. The fact that this child is still sleeping in this bed, like, I literally would be in my parents' bed and I would never leave. I'd be like, I'm, you can sleep in there. I'm not going to sleep in there. Yep. We talked to him telling him he was safe. Doesn't sound like it. And that mommy was <laughs> next door. My daughter went in the next morning and didn't see my grandson. She found him asleep in his bottom dresser drawer. <gasps> the level. Girl. My daughter asked him what was wrong. He stammered and said the old man had tried to pull him under the bed. He moved to the dresser drawer since it was the bottom drawer and he couldn't get him. This poor little boy. And like, I don't know what kind of dresser this kid has, but I'm going to guess it's not big. No. So if he's like, mm, he can't fit under here because it's the bottom of the drawer of the dresser. Yeah. What the fuck? The poor kid had fingerprints and bruises on his arms and legs. I took my Bible over and prayed throughout the house. All right. At least we're praise-parting this a little bit. Okay. I had bought a Precious Moments cross when my daughter got married. Precious Moments. I had so many of these so things growing up. many. I have not thought about them in years, and you just brought everything rushing back to yes. me. It's all coming back, it's all coming back to me now. See, but with me, I only had very specifically religious precious moment shit. Interesting. I feel like I don't remember having religious ones particularly. Well, because you were raised atheist. So why the fuck would you have that? But we but there were like angel ones. I definitely had like angel ones. Oh no, see, so I had a precious moments Bible and I definitely had a precious moments cross. Whatever this cross is, is probably the same one I had. Yes. My Christmas stocking growing up for the longest time, I don't think I ever had a normal stocking, was a Precious Moments Christmas stocking. My dad's mother was obsessed with them. She would like yes. buy them for me all the time. I had like a bunch of – I have not thought about this in seriously 20 years at least. Yeah. Because it was like the grandma generation for us. Yes. It wasn't our parents. It was no. the grandparents yes. that were like, this is adorable. Let's do it. Yes. Which is clearly what's happening here. I had bought a Precious Moments cross when my daughter got married. I hung it up between the living room and the dining room. I took my grandson home with me. He was scared every time he had to go to his room. So I figured the weekend with me would help him a lot. Before I left, I noticed the cross had turned upside down. No. So I fixed it. Darlene. Dun, dun, dun. No. Okay. So I have a question about this cross upside down situation that you hear about a lot. Full disclosure, I have crosses in my home. 
And how that goes is you just nail it at the top. I don't know how a cross ends up upside down, except you turning it and then nailing the bottom of the cross to the wall. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm trying to find like a, a logical way it can be that way. There's no logic to the ghost turning the cross upside down, Monique. That's true. Yes. Because I was like, this has to be bullshit because like that's not how it works. That's not how gravity and all that shit works. No. I don't know, girl. Darlene, what the fuck? I hope <laughs> I hope your grandson moved out of that house and your daughter moved out of the house because what the fuck? Yes. I hope he's okay because I would be traumatized for the rest of my life from that happening to me. I mean, for sure. Yes. Darlene, thank you so much for that story, though. Wild. Oh, my God. For sure. This happened six miles from my house, so it makes me highly uncomfortable. But in the year 1990, an intruder slash intruders broke into the home of a family of three in the middle of the night. Mother, father, and a three-month-old baby. The intruder slash intruders brandish out of all possible weapons an axe. Whoa. Uh-uh. Holy shit. That's also so much effort. Yeah. And like very personal. Yes. I feel like that's a weapon that's just meant to inspire terror. Like it's not meant for efficiency. It's to scare the ever living shit out of somebody before you kill them. Yeah. It's a maniac. Yeah. With lots of rage. And like that's what it is. They're trying to live up to the term axe murderer. Like I get it. Facts. The parents and the three-month-old baby were all killed in the attack. Mm. They had an axe chopped right through them. Money, a paperweight, a notebook, amongst other things, were stolen. A paperweight? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I know some people have fancy paperweights. That's the only thing I can think of. But, like, if you're stealing notebooks, too, like... Where are you working that you need a paperweight? Yeah. You're stealing anything at this point. That's what it seems like, yeah. And the whole kitchen had been rummaged through. No suspects, no motive. The crime remains unsolved to this day. And that's from S. S! What the fuck? I hate that. We just talked about this. I don't like an unsolved mystery. Same. Which is just a mystery. It's just a mystery. Yeah. I hate that. That's horrendous. That is horrendous. I have no nothing else to add to that. <laughs> I was like, it's hard to bounce back from the axe murderer. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Thank you so much for that, though. And I am on my last story. I live in South Florida, but I grew up in Milwaukee. I worked as a candy striper at the local hospital. Is that still a thing? Maybe. I feel like that's technically what I did for, like, volunteering for high school. You had to do it to get, like, credit or something. Are you serious? That's what they called us, but I didn't, like, I didn't hand out medication. That's what a candy striper did, right? I think they're just kind of volunteers and they're there. And then they tell you where to go. I mean, that's what I did for my high school volunteering, mandatory volunteering. This makes me sound like I'm very altruistic. I'm not. They literally were like, you need this. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, okay. I guess I'll do it then. No, I sold tickets at, like, the Catholic Church Fair Carnival at the church that my grandparents were members of. That was my, like altruistic thing that sounds like way more fun yeah it was no it was me and julia in our salmon pink aprons i do remember this very specifically and i just loved the pocket in the front situation that was first time i ever wore anything where i had like a million pockets in the front and i was all about it <laughs> i was all about like <laughs> yes i got my notebook i got my I phone my yellow nextel because that's what i was rocking back in the day oh yeah 
peak. I love everything about this. <laughs> peak uh, embarrassing high school moments right now. But yeah, Julie and I had fun in our candy striping days. I mean, that's incredible. I don't really remember what we did, particularly besides like go around and talk to people and organize things. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think they gave them anything like for real to do because they're like. Well, definitely not us. Definitely not me. <laughs> no, because you're like not. Qualified. One. You don't have any credentials yes. or qualifications, right? I was like also, I was, you know, 16, 17, whatever I was. I mean, am I obsessed that you were Candy Striper? Absolutely. Again, this is something I had totally forgotten about until you just said that. And then <laughs> my memory was like, oh, hey, by the way, here we are, buried deep. Precious moments and candy stripers. <laughs> what Amy's repressed memories are made of, apparently. Okay. I mean, I'm obsessed. You know what? If those are your repressed memories, I feel that's not too bad. That's not bad, right? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Realistically. So, yeah, as of 2007s when I graduated high school, so... As of then, candy striping was still a thing. I don't know if that's, you know, it's been a been a minute, so maybe not anymore, but I have no idea. Let me let us know. I worked as a candy striper at the local hospital and every couple of months, this handsome blonde named Jeff would come in to donate blood. And we would chat and he was really nice. Then one day, while sitting in the transport room waiting for an assignment to come through, one of my coworkers picked up the newspaper and his eyes became big as saucers. There was Jeff, or as he would eventually become known to the world, Jeffrey Dahmer, no! on the front page. No. Not only did we all know him, but my coworker also lived on his block. I thought for sure he was going to vomit right then and there. It was one of the rare times I thanked my lucky stars I wasn't a man. T. Tea. Holy fuck. Can you imagine? No. Not for one second. You're like, oh, this guy comes in, he gives blood, he's a good dude, whatever. He's kind of cute. Yeah. JK, it's Jeffrey fucking Dahmer. So insane. But again, I would drop that to literally every single person I ever met. Like, oh, that yes. would be my opening story. I'd be like, by the yes, way. Yes, cocktail party combo. Yeah. Always. Like, Anne Rule. Come on, that she fucking worked at the suicide hotline with Ted Bundy? Yeah. I would say that to fucking everyone, to every fucking person I met. And I was like, hi, my name's Ann Rule, and I used to work at the suicide hotline with Ted Bundy. You're welcome. By the way. Talk to me. Yeah. Or like when you have to do that mandatory, we go around the circle and everyone tells something interesting about oh, themselves. Oh, the icebreaker. <laughs> I hate them so much. It's my nightmare. Same. I have like a full moment of panic, and then I just, that's the moment when I'm like, oh, I'm not interesting. Amazing. Great. Thank you for no, pointing you that are. out. I, <laughs> you are wildly so. Maybe now, but like back in the day, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I just like to watch anime and like read weird books. Like, why why are you asking me about this right now? I'm just more like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Unless I overhear a conversation where you're talking about something interesting that I can connect to and then I can jump in on this conversation. Yes. But if I had this fact in my back pocket, that is what I would use every single time. For sure. How could you not? That was a fantastic last story. Thank you so much, T. Holy shit. Thank you. Yes. All right. Now for my last story. This happened during my military service in the Mongolian border force. I was 18 when I got drafted. We were initially sent to boot camp for 45 days of training, then were sent to barracks near the northern border. 
every week, groups of 10 to 20 soldiers were assigned to post along the border for patrol duty. After two weeks in the barracks, I was overjoyed hearing that I was assigned to the patrol duty. At least I can get away from that bloody barrack. After a few-hour ride, we came to the patrol shack, small concrete building with a living space. From there, it was only a 20-minute hike to the border fences. I was a new recruit at the time, so I was excited for my first patrol duty. One by one, our pals went for their shift, and at around 10 p.m., my turn came. The commanding officer guided me with the instructions and left me alone. He told me that he would come back to switch the shift after four hours. So there I was, walking alone in the dark, with nothing but my gun and a flashlight, guarding the border. Any other day, I would probably freak out, but it was my duty, and I knew that if I screwed up one way or another, I might get into really big trouble. So I was worried more about doing my duty well than the ghost stories our officers used to tell us back in the barracks. I thought they liked to play with new recruits, so I never gave it much attention. The area that we managed was peaceful most of the time. Very few smuggling or illegal hunting went on, but I still had to be on high alert on my first day. Then, around 1 a.m., I saw a strange figure 50 to 70 meters in the distance. It looked like some sort of anorexic, pale rocker with long hair. Only things I could tell for sure was the long black hair and thin white stature. As soon as I noticed it, my gun was on my shoulder and I yelled, stop or I will shoot. But it didn't notice me, just moved around as if hovering. It might have been a poacher or a smuggler with weapons, so after yelling the same warning several times, I ducked on the ground and opened a warning shot. Taking up some courage, I charged at the figure, but by the time I came close, it disappeared. Probably went into hiding, I thought. It was night, so I had a hard time spotting it, and the only thing I thought about was potentially spending time in military prison for failing to capture a smuggler and losing a few bullets. After a while, our officer came. I told him about the incident and asked him how harsh my punishment might be. He looked at me with a concerned face and ended my shift as the next guy came along for duty. Instead of going to the troll shack, we rode straight to the barracks. And instead of receiving a term in the prison as I feared, the high command gave me a seven-day allowance from the service. Why don't you take some time resting, the colonel said. At the time, I couldn't understand what the fuck just happened. But... During my service, I learned from some of our officers that every once in a while, soldiers see some horrible shit, ghost or not, in the same region I was. Some soldiers even went as far as committing suicide or going AWOL just to avoid the patrol in the area. The high command kept it a secret and sent new recruits without any warning. And if someone saw something unnatural, they switched their patrol region somewhere else. I was given some days off so that I could stay sane. Apparently, over 50 years ago, there was a maniac in that area who used to rape-slash-kill young women. He was hunted and shot down eventually by soldiers. According to the locals, the spirit of the murderer, as well as the victims, still haunt the area, both hating soldiers-slash-men and trying to take their revenge. But even today, I'm not sure who I met, the victim or the maniac. And that's from K.A. Holy fuck. What the fuck? I can't imagine any of this. First of all, thank you for your service. Second of all. Yes. Thank you. What the fuck? No, that's horrifying. I'm sorry. Top to bottom. I feel like I'm out. Yeah. Actually, can I get discharged? Dishonorably or not? I'm okay with either at this point. I was just going to say dishonorably or not. Don't care. I could just leave. That'd be great. Oh my God. That was just... (sighs) 
I mean, top to bottom. Thank you so much, everyone, for your stories as usual. Yes, thank you. They're amazing. Far more interesting lives than we lead. I mean, facts. Not upset about it, necessarily. No, no. I no. don't want to have to try to shoot a ghost and or hide from the old man <laughs> under my bed. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to have to try to shoot a ghost. I would. I fucking love you. I know. I love you. I would, but I don't want to. I want that to be my reality. No. No, definitely not. Thank you so much for all those stories. And thank you for listening. This is another fucking horror podcast. I'm Monique Sanchez. And I'm Amy Trayton. You can find me on the gram at pinupgirlmo. You can find me at lobotomy, and that's lobot period Amy. Also, follow the show on the gram. We're at another fucking horror podcast. Every sixth episode, which is what this episode was, we do a true listener tales episode where we read you your true crazy stories. So if you have one, or you just want to say hi, email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking. If you enjoyed this episode or you're enjoying the show, tell a friend, tell two friends, but most importantly, leave us a rating and a review. It gives us a lot more visibility and puts us out there more so that hopefully we can do this full time sooner rather than later. As always, we are so obsessed with you. Keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.